You're listening to episode number 133, where I'm going to be sharing our tips on how to save time and money when it comes to buying your groceries and specifically real or your whole food groceries. Welcome to episode number 133 of the Pioneering Today podcast with me, your host, Melissa K. Norris where we teach families how to grow, preserve, and cook their own food using old-fashioned skill sets and wisdom to create a natural and self-sufficient home with or without the homestead. Usually, we're teaching how to grow and how to raise your own food. And that is a major goal, both of mine and my husband's here on our homestead, and you, most of my listeners and readers. We want to be able to grow as much of our own food as possible, but let's be realistic and let's be real. We still grow grocery shopping. We do raise all of our own meat and our own eggs and about 50% of our own vegetables and fruit, meaning we grow and preserve enough to take us through a whole year on about 50% of that. But I always try to keep it as real as possible. So let's be honest. It's almost impossible to raise all of your own food and to never purchase or barter from an outside source. Even way back in the pioneer days, going even further back than that to tribal and nomadic days, people weren't raising all of their own food completely independent. There was bartering and trading going on or buying you know, specific staples, certain items that you couldn't really get from your own region, from the store. You know, Laura Ingalls Wilder, I think many of you are Little House on the Prairie fans right there along with me, but they even went to the store and would purchase table salt. They would grow their own wheat, but they would have it ground into flour at local mills often. So there was things, sugar, especially their table sugar, there's a lot of things that they still did purchase from the store, even though they were fairly self-sufficient. We focus a lot on being self-sufficient, but I wanted to touch on where and what we buy from the grocery store because I've been getting a lot of questions on, well, where do you get these certain things? And so I thought, let's just devote an entire episode to it. So almost a decade ago now, I had a health scare. I had my stomach and esophagus biopsied for cancer, and that really spurned my entire journey about learning about the state of our food, how our food's produced when we're buying it commercially or processed from big food manufacturers, big food agriculture, that type of thing. And I have an entire three-part series that starts on how I healed my stomach acid and ulcers naturally. And then it moves into part two is how to find out what your trigger foods are and food sensitivities. And then into part three. You can catch all of those back episodes and dive into more of that subject matter if you haven't listened to that or if you're new and you're just discovering me, welcome. You can find all of those at mostkingnorris.com. Click on the podcast button and you will find them listed for you in chronological order. Or you can go to today's show notes and I've got links there for everything that we're referencing. And to grab that, you can go to mostkingnorris.com slash 133 because this is podcast episode number 133. I drastically overhauled the foods that we ate and the ingredients that I used to cook with. And honestly, When you are first going down that journey or looking to do more than what you're currently doing, it can be overwhelming trying to decide where and what to buy. Full disclosure here, I am not a couponer. 
most of the foods that we purchase, they don't have coupons because they're whole foods. What I mean by whole foods is you are purchasing a jar of coconut oil. The only thing in there is coconut oil. It's fresh an avocado, broccoli, cauliflower, you know, there's no ingredient, there's a label on there, but that's the only thing in there. So I mean, foods that are in there closest to whole form as possible. And when you're going for those type of foods, very rarely are there any coupons. And when you're getting the weekly ads or the weekly sale flyers and all of that, most of the coupons that you're going to see in there, they're for processed foods. Another one of my goals, this saves me money and this saves me time as well, is I try to only go to town for grocery shopping a couple of times a month. To go to the major grocery stores or the big grocery stores, we live very rurally. I live in the Pacific Northwest in Washington State. I'm about 45 minutes to an hour one way away from your closest stoplight fast food, which is good because we try not to eat fast food very often but also from your big grocery stores. So for me to go grocery shopping, I am looking at being gone a minimum of four hours. Two of those hours is drive time alone. So if I can only go a couple of times a month or once a month, then I am saving myself a lot of time, gas money, wear and tear on our vehicles. So that's my goal. Now, sometimes we'll have other things. My kids are in sports now. And so if we have a sporting event or something else that we do have to go to town for, then being that I'm already there, I will go ahead and go grocery shopping. But I don't plan out my grocery shopping by coupons and sales ads. Because by the time you cut those all out and then you run from store to store to save, you know, a couple pennies on this item or a couple pennies on that item, by the time I've spent that extra gas and time, I don't feel that I've ever came out ahead. I purchased the large majority of our store-bought food really from just a handful of places. I am not sponsored by any of these, what I'm going to be sharing with you. First on my list is Costco. In the past five years, they have really increased the amount of organic food that they carry in their stores. And as I said, I'm not endorsed or sponsored by Costco in any way, shape, or form. But hey, if somebody from Costco is listening to this or reading the blog post, totally let me know. I really just happen to love Costco's prices. I like the way they treat their employees. I like the way that they treat their members, their relationship with their vendors. Costco is a big corporation, and I really am a huge fan of going local and or from small farmers, people that you know in your community whenever possible. But sometimes you can't get everything that way. So you can choose to go without if that's really high on your goal list, or you can look for the best possible place for you to get it. And for me, Costco kind of fits that bill. I have friends who have worked for Costco for years. They give really good bonuses to their employees. They pay their employees well when you compare them to similar size large groceries chains. Costco tends to have a, a good pay scale. I also really like that they really work with their farmers and their vendors. I was reading an article where Costco had purchased land for a small organic farmer who was having trouble getting property in order to grow their crops. And so they reached out to them, Costco themselves, and helped them do that. They also don't use bags. So when you go to the grocery store, you know, you usually come home with a whole bunch of bags. And being a good frugal homesteader, I do reuse those bags. I do have reusable shopping bags of my own. But usually when you go to the store, you are having grocery bags come home with you. Not always. But I like that Costco doesn't even have that option. 
So that helps cut down on their footprint. Yes, you do still have food that is in packaged. Obviously, you know, if you're buying things that is in packages, but not giving out bags at all really helps cut down on that end. Plus, they will give you a box, but it's boxes that the items that are in the store have been shipped to. So they're reusing those boxes. I really like that model. Real Whole Foods that I purchased from Costco. I get my extra virgin organic coconut oil. I keep two on hand at all times of coconut oil. I don't use shortening in our home, so I use coconut oil primarily in the place of anything that you would use shortening with. I use it in my coffee in the morning. I use coconut oil in making a lot of my own homemade beauty supplies. I use coconut oil in my soap making. I use coconut oil a whole lot. So I always have the open jar in the kitchen on the shelf that I'm using. And then I've got a backup jar in our back food storage. I get my extra virgin olive oil, avocado oil. I get grass-fed Kerrygold butter and or their organic butter. The Kerrygold is a little bit more expensive than their regular organic butter there, so sometimes it's where the grocery budget falls. If I can afford it, and especially when it's all on sale, I will stock up on the grass-fed Kerrygold butter and their Kerrygold cheese. I get my avocados there. I buy organic sweet potatoes. We are too cold to grow sweet potatoes here in the Pacific Northwest, so I will get those from Costco because they're organic and I can get them in bulk. I buy my organic evaporated cane juice there. I use that as regular sugar in all of our baking and our canning. It's kind of like sugar in the raw. It still has the molasses in there. It's a bigger granule than regular white table sugar. Now, let's be real. It's still sugar, but it is a slightly less processed version than regular white table sugar. And it's organic, so I know that it's not coming from GMO beets, beet sugar. Sugar made from beets a lot of times commercially is from GMO. Now, I don't buy everything organic, but as I was making this list up to put in the blog post and to do this podcast episode, I do buy a lot organic. There can sometimes be, I don't know necessarily controversy is the right word, but there's the stigma that organic is more expensive. And in some cases it is, but it's really became a lot more affordable in the past few years. And do you really need to be organic? Is it really worth it? Here's what I can share. And that is my personal experience. I know with my own health that by going organic on the items that are high GMO crops, genetically modified crops, and crops that have high uses of pesticides or they absorb pesticides more than other crops, that by switching those out to organic, I have noticed a huge improvement in my health. And so if I can measure it by my own experience and my own health, then I'm going to keep going that way. Like I said, I don't purchase everything organic. There's some things that aren't really a heavily sprayed crop or you don't really need to purchase organic. And we all kind of have to make those decisions on our own, right? We have to go with what our pocketbook says. But for me, by being able to shop at Costco, because you can buy in bulk and you generally get a pretty good deal. Now, I will price shop around and look at the per pound, kind of do the items out to make sure. But overall, I'm getting really good deals at Costco. And so that enables me to be able to stretch my dollars further. So if you can buy in bulk, as long as you're going to be using that item up, if it's something that's perishable before it goes bad or preserving it so that you can take it later, it definitely has paid off for us to do that. 
I do get some organic all-purpose flour at Costco. I grind a lot of our own flour, but I do keep a small amount of all-purpose flour on hand for some special baking items, or sometimes I'll do half whole wheat and half all-purpose for things like, especially when it comes to biscuits. Now, I'll just be honest with you. I love the health benefits of fresh ground flour, and I will link in the blog post that accompanies this episode to all of our resources on grinding your own flour, our home milling guide, and then our baking tips and all of that. But when it comes to biscuits, y'all, those buttermilk biscuits, I'm talking the layers that you can literally peel apart, and they're like a mile high, they're light and fluffy, and they melt in your mouth, and they're totally from scratch. I have not been able to achieve that same wonderful, beautiful texture when I'm using all fresh ground whole wheat flour. So I will mix and I will use some all-purpose flour. Do not be telling my grain mill on me, but I will do that when it comes to biscuits. So I keep a small amount of organic all-purpose flour on hand. I get my organic coconut flour, almond flour, and my organic apple cider vinegar for canning. I make my own raw apple cider vinegar. But for canning, you need your vinegar to be at least 5% acidity to keep your acid levels safe when it comes to water bath canning. So when you're using vinegar, when you're doing pickling or anything with canning, it has to be at least 5%. And there's not a true reliable way to really test that at home. So I will purchase, you can get, I think it's a three pack of organic apple cider vinegar. And I use that when it comes to canning. I also do get broccoli. I'll buy the frozen bags from Costco to have on hand for casseroles or soups or just a side for supper. I, we just really like to have just steamed broccoli or cooked broccoli with a little bit of grated cheese on it. I'm going to tell you one of my other favorite things to do with broccoli, especially for my people who are doing low carb or keto, is if you take your broccoli and you cook it, then on top, put a layer of mayonnaise and then some grated cheese on top and just put it in the oven just long enough for that to kind of all get melty, ooey gooey on top. Oh my goodness. It works perfect with the homemade mayonnaise, avocado oil mayonnaise. If you're doing store-bought is the route that I go, but it is so good and my kids will eat it up. And we don't grow enough broccoli to take us through a whole year. So when I don't, especially this time of year, the late winter, I don't have a whole lot going on in the garden. So that's when I'll purchase some of those fresh veggies. And I do like to get the frozen broccoli just because I don't have to worry about it going bad or using it up. And I know I'm always going to use broccoli, so I like to have some frozen in the freezer on hand. I'll get my cauliflower there, organic nuts. And I get yeast. So when I'm not using my sourdough starter as my full yeast, then I will purchase one of the large bags of yeast at Costco. And here's a tip. You want to store your yeast, especially if you're buying it in bulk. You want to store it in the fridge or the freezer, and this helps it to stay viable longer. A lot of times people will have issues with their bread rising, and usually, not always, it can have to do with the temperature of your water or your milk. A lot of times it's because the yeast is no longer active, it's old, or it's died off. And so to keep it fresh and a longer shelf life, you want to go cold with it. I also will sometimes get from Costco organic tortilla chips. My kids love guacamole and doing homemade nachos. When we just have a little bit of taco meat left over from a previous night, we love to just take the chips, put them on a big 
cookie rimmed cookie sheet and put whatever we've got topping wise left over and have nachos for supper. It's a fairly rare purchase, but their organic tortilla chips are made with just a few ingredients and they're real food ingredients. They're not using hydrogenated GMO oils. So that's something that I will get there maybe every two to three months. I get my organic maple syrup there as well. And on this list, these are foods that I'm purchasing on a really regular basis or that I'm using on a regular basis in our home. My actual true goal is to have enough food on hand of our staples or the foods that we use most of the time to take us for at least three to six months of non-perishables. So I always want to have that on hand in my food storage, if not a year. The ultimate goal is a year. I don't necessarily have a year's worth of everything, but I want to have at least three to six months on hand. So the first list of things that I'm sharing from Costco are things that we are using all of the time and I have a backup of and I'm replenishing. Now there's some things, you can't get everything at Costco. I do my best to buy local when I'm not growing it myself, but there really are truly some products that I only find online. And I'm going to confess, I love Amazon Prime. My local UPS driver is a regular at our house. I baked him a plate of Christmas cookies this year because he is delivering at least once a week. But here's one of the benefits to actually helping you build your food storage and keeping track of the food that you and your family are using. And it's also a time-saving tip. And that's one of the benefits when I order from Amazon is that I can log in and I can see how long it has taken us to go through each food item based on when I last ordered it and when I need to reorder it. If you want to find out more, I go more into in-depth into our strategy and how we build up and use our food storage and keep it organized. And you can listen in on that episode number 129, which is seven tips to organize and build your homestead food storage and kitchen. And so you can listen in on that or read that blog post. The link will be in the show notes for this episode to dive into that deeper. So real foods that I purchase from Amazon, and I've got a link to our Amazon shop within here so you can see the exact versions and exact sizes, everything that I order. I actually just went to my order list to grab all of these items for you. But first up is organic cocoa butter. Oh my, this is the best white chocolate flavor ever. I will use it in my coffee with some coconut oil if I'm not doing a bulletproof coffee, if you're not familiar with bulletproof coffee, or maybe you've heard bulletproof coffee and you're like, what is that? Well, bulletproof itself is actually a brand name, but a lot of people will adapt and they call bulletproof coffee doing a recipe where you take a cup of coffee and generally it's a tablespoon of coconut oil or MCT oil, which is the multi-chain triglycerides, which is usually derived from coconut oil. Coconut oil has about 62% MCT, but you can get straight MCT oil. So usually a tablespoon when you're just starting out, you might want to start with a teaspoon and then either a tablespoon of grass fed butter, or if you need to be dairy free, you can use cocoa butter. So I kind of go back and forth. The cocoa butter gives it a natural white chocolate flavor that's completely sugar-free. And I will use the cocoa butter. You can use it in recipes, but I do get an organic edible version. You always want to make sure that you've got an edible version. It's been processed that way. 
And then I will use it in candy making as too. So it's a way to get that white chocolate flavor without using the white chocolate chips that have a ton of sugar and other oils and different things like that added into them. Organic cocoa powder, organic stevia powder, and organic erythritol. I will mix the stevia powder with the erythritol for sugar-free baking. It's about the healthiest and most natural form of a sugar-free sweetener that I have found. When you mix a little bit of the stevia powder in with the erythritol, then for most baking recipes that you're trying to alter that use regular granulated sugar, you can almost do it cup for cup. Now, you're still going to have to play with your recipes, but if you are needing to go sugar-free but you don't want to buy because I'm like, I'm doing keto right now and low carbs, so I'm not eating sugar, and there's certain things that I'll still, you know, bake and make treats and that type of thing, but I'm not going to be using Splenda or anything with aspartame or those, so I'm okay with using occasionally the erythritol and the stevia. I don't really find those in my regular grocery stores on the shelf, and so I'm able to get those online. I also get a liquid stevia extract that I will use in my coffee or some sauces that I don't want a granulated or powder form. And organic dark chocolate chips. Specifically non-GMO, dairy-free, soy-free, and nut-free. And they just added where you can buy these in a five-pound bag. I'm really excited about that. I get my organic spelt berries, which spelt is an ancient grain that I use to grind my own flour, and it's my pastry flour of choice when you're using fresh ground flour is spelt. I also get my organic hard white wheat berries, and that's my go-to when I'm grinding my own fresh flour for bread flour. Is that, That's what I use the hard white wheat for generally. And then organic popping corn. We love our popcorn. In fact, we have popcorn probably at least two nights a week. We always have movie night. Usually on Friday, we'll have movie night. So we get a movie and we watch it together as a family and I'll pop popcorn on the stove. So I buy organic popping corn in nine pounds at once. It's actually a case of six bags. And again, you can get a link to all of these different ones. And so I will purchase my organic popping corn and then I put it in a big gallon mason jar. I just dump all of it in there. And that last, the last time I purchased it was in September, and that was at the most I had purchased at one time was doing the nine pounds. So I'm gauging where we're at. I don't need to order quite yet, but that will take us through probably about eight to nine months worth, not quite a year. Let's talk coffee, y'all. We got to talk coffee because coffee is definitely a must-have on my list, and it's not something that I'm growing myself or that I can get locally as far as the beans being grown here. But I do have a local source for you, even if you're not local in my area, that you can get. It's my new favorite coffee. If you're on my email list, you saw probably about two weeks ago at the time of this recording, I sent out an email because I was super duper excited about it. I have a new favorite coffee. If you've listened to the podcast or read any of my stuff, you know that I had to give up coffee when I was healing my stomach and that using cold brew coffee, also referred to as toddy, that has 67% less acid in it was the only way that I could really bring coffee back in and have it on a consistent basis without upsetting my stomach or starting to aggravate symptoms again. And I love my cold brew coffee, especially in the summertime when I'm wanting iced coffee anyways, but... I had to heat it up every day, and I will be honest, I sometimes missed 
just being able to have a hot brewed fresh cup of coffee especially when it comes to summertime and we're camping. I didn't want to have to, which I would, but I didn't really want to have to lug my toddy around with us because when you're camping, especially you're going for an extended weekend, we bring all our food with us when we're camping and we're doing all of our cooking and stuff ourselves. But your refrigerator space, your cooler space is kind of at a minimum. And there's just something about a fresh hot pot of coffee done in a percolator. We actually have my husband's grandmother's percolator that we use when we're camping. There's just something special about camp coffee and it's only hot brewed. So this whole long story to tell you how excited I am. I finally found a coffee bean coffee company that I can brew hot. So just normal brew that baby hot French press it. We've done been doing that. We've also been just doing it a regular coffee maker and it does not upset my stomach. I have been drinking it now for almost two months every day doing hot brewed with no stomach issues. You guys, that has not happened for me in almost 10 years, almost a decade. Here's what I discovered about why it's working. And I got some special stuff for you. One, it's organic and it's shade grown. Now coffee is, will absorb. It's one of the most absorbent crops with anything that it's sprayed with and the, and uses pesticides on coffee beans. So it's one of those things that it absorbs it a lot. So you're getting a higher concentration of whatever sprayed on it than you would a different type of crop that's not as absorbent. And when it's shade grown, it's also fair trade, which means that they are treating the farmers because a lot of the times it's grown, you know, in Peru and different more third world countries. And those farmers aren't always treated the best. And then that's not passed down to their workers. So fair trade is something that's important to me when it comes to coffee. Shade grown as well because it helps the ecosystem. It helps soil retention. And here's the other thing, you guys. Organic and shade grown coffee does not have as much acid in the bean, which is why I think that I've been able to have it and it's not been bothering my stomach because before I did a lot of things organic, but the hot brewed coffee, just buying the regular ground coffee or whole coffee beans, it wasn't something that I was buying organic. And since switching, the proof is in the pudding, it's been pretty cool. So the other cool thing is the coffee company that I found, I've actually visited their plant. They are local to me. They are an independent local company. And my friend Karen, who was the very first person who taught me how to make soap, her and my friend Julie, she actually works there. So it's very, it's very local. It's a small company, which is pretty cool. I'm excited about it. They roast it and ship it to you the same day. Yeah. They roast it and I got it in the mail the very next day because they have stamped on it when they roast it, which means it's really, really fresh. You can't get much fresher than that. You can pick to get whole beans or ground. I do a bit of both. I have ground and I have whole beans. On really early mornings, my kids' bedrooms are right off of the kitchen and my husband gets up and leaves for work about 5 a.m. in the morning. If I forget to grind the beans the night before or hit whichever one of us is grinding the coffee, he makes the coffee because he's up first in the morning. I don't get up before him. But if you're using the coffee grinder, it's re it's really noisy. And when you're that early in the morning, you're kind of just wanting to get up and go out the door so you get as much sleep as possible. And there's those extra straps to grind your coffee. So I'm just being totally real here with you guys. We have both. So on weekends or days where we don't have to be up so early, then we'll grind the coffee. But on those early mornings and kind of the workday, Monday through Thursday, then we are using the 
ground coffee. So I got a bag of each. And you can get half off your first box. So I've got the link for you in the show notes. You can go and click and check that out. When you get to the page, I have instructions, but when you get to the page from the link, if you just scroll down, it'll let you see the different sizes and the different specials so you can pick which one works best for you. But it's pretty cool. There's different flavors, all kinds of stuff. I've been having so much fun with it. Go and check that out. You can sign up and they will ship it to you every month. But if you don't need it every month, then you just go in and they send you an email beforehand. And I totally appreciate that. And they'll send you an email and say, hey, your order's getting ready to ship. Do you need to change anything? If you still have coffee, then go ahead and cancel it for this month, bump it to the next month, that type of thing. But I don't ever want to run out of coffee. And I don't want to buy enough ground coffee to take me through an entire year because it's going to be really stale by the end of it. And I like this model because one, I don't have to run to the store. And two, it's really showing me how much coffee that we're growing through because each month when I get that email, then I can go engage and be like, um, do we have enough to last until for another month for another shipment? Or no, we don't. So it gives me a really clear idea and accurate on how fast we're going through different foods so then I can plan out and make sure that we've always got that on hand and then I can plan our food storage needs accordingly to it. Another benefit I have to say using the Amazon Prime or their subscribe and save for those different items and having the coffee sent to me is I'm not impulse buying. That's if you just limit your trips to the store, like I said, too, when I'm going into Costco. And I still will use, sometimes I'll go to Fred Meyers. Fred Meyers has a pretty good natural health food section, and I will go there and get, sometimes I'll get bulk spices there. For our milk, we actually have a local, organic, grass-fed, pasture-raised dairy. It's not actually a co-op. It's just a little market. And you go and you get your milk and your cream in the glass bottles and then you rinse them out. You take them back. So that's where I get our perishables like that. And then from the milk, I can make our own yogurt. I can make our own sour cream. I can do buttermilk, you know, all of those types of things. So for my milk and dairy, other than butter, they don't have butter. I could make butter from the cream, but I do buy butter, as I said, from Costco. But that is my dairy source. And so that one... I'm telling you where it is, but you're not going to be able to use it unless you live in my area. But by keeping those trips down and not going as often, I don't do the impulse buys. Though I have to say when you're at Costco and they have those samples, they can be pretty smart. And what I do love, not all of their samples. I mean, let's face it, Costco does still have some processed foods, but they do have a lot of samples on items that I have purchased and we've tried out. That's actually how the organic tortilla chips, my kids really like those. We've gotten that that type of thing there from them as well. So it's kind of fun and their guacamole. Now, most of the time I make my own guacamole, but they do have an organic guacamole that they got a test with the tortilla chips that my kids fell in love with. So every now and then we'll buy the guacamole from Costco and not make it ourselves. But most of the time, I just purchase the whole avocados so that I can make the guacamole myself. The other thing with purchasing the whole avocados is I will put the bag in the fridge and just take out one or two avocados to ripen. And as soon as they've ripened on the counter to the point that we want them, then I put them back in the fridge. That way, you don't have this huge bulk bag of avocados all going overripe too fast. 
and then I can purchase one or two bags and that will last us until I go down again. So for at least two weeks, sometimes a month, depending on how much we're using the avocados. On to our verse of the week. So we are still in Exodus. Y'all are traveling through the Bible with me here. And it's Exodus chapter 31, verse 3. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom and ability, in understanding and intelligence, and in knowledge and in all kinds of craftsmanship. This is the Amplified Translation. As I was reading this, I just stopped and I actually wrote it out in a prayer that the Lord would fill me and you, if you're listening to this, that he would fill us with his Holy Spirit, with his wisdom, that he would give us ability and he would give us understanding and that we would know with his intelligence to be able to do the things that he has called us to do. I like to take a verse and use that verse as a prayer for the week or sometimes longer, but I kind of will find verses and those will kind of be my prayer or I will try to, or my anthem for that week to apply to my life. And this one really stood out to me and it's going to be one that I'm going to be praying over myself and my family for this week. And so I just felt that it was really applicable to share with you. I hope that you find that helpful. I hope you guys found today's episode helpful. I know it's not really a traditional homesteading episode, so to speak, but it is real life. And I get asked a lot from you guys, which I love that. I love it when you send me emails or give me suggestions, either through Facebook Messenger on my Facebook page or even when I get to read the reviews, because I read every single review and blog post comment that I get. I read all the emails too. But really and specifically for the podcast, I read all those reviews. And so when you leave me reviews or ask me questions or that type of thing, I love it because it helps me. This is your show. Like it's not just my show, right? It's totally your show too. So it helps me make sure that it's what you guys need and what you want to learn more about or hear more about. So you really are helping create the show when you do that. So I so appreciate that when you guys leave those reviews. I get asked a lot about time management and where we where I buy things and what things we buy from the store. And so I thought I would just kind of share my strategy and exactly what we buy from where. I want to thank you so much for joining me on this edition of the Pioneering Today podcast. I look forward to being back here with you next week.